Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So today's episode, I want to go a little bit outside the norm. I know I've been doing that a little bit, uh, a lot lately. <laughs> we did a Halloween episode, I talked about Stan Lee, and, and now here we are kind of again going a little bit outside the, the normal, you know, just the straight up Bible stories that we normally do. But uh, I wanted to do a themed episode for the upcoming, you know, amazing holiday, one of my favorites, probably my second favorite of the year. Of course, I'm talking about Thanksgiving, right? It's right around the corner, just a few days away from here. And uh, as much as I love it and love the mashed potatoes and the, the gravy and the turkey and all that, I have this theory about Thanksgiving and its origins, its real, its true origins and what was actually the intention of that. Uh, a bit of a, a Bible theory or maybe you should call it a, an American history theory, I'm not sure. So uh, follow along and see if, if you like to uh, link up the dots like I have, but uh, I believe that Thanksgiving, the very first Thanksgiving, the, the first one that was done, uh, it was actually rooted in Judaism, uh, in, in a Jewish holiday. I'm not the only one that thinks this. I'm not, I'm not absolutely a crackpot, but uh, I'll, I'll give you my, my evidence for why I think this later on in the episode. But this is, this is the Getting Biblical Thanksgiving episode. And again, thank you guys for joining us today. So, and always, we're supposed to be starting with, you know, what I'm drinking today. That's how the show goes. I'm switching it up a little bit. This is actually, I'm, I'm, as of the time of this recording, I'm actually doing some batch episodes. I'm getting ready to go out of town for my sister's birthday and things. So I'm trying to, to load the pipeline with some content. So uh, this is actually the second episode that I've done tonight. I, I don't really have a thing that I've been drinking to talk about per se. Uh, I have been drinking, you know, <laughs> had some wine with dinner and then uh, had some some whiskey in the last episode that I just recorded so I'm doing okay I don't want you to don't want you to think that I'm slacking in that department but uh I'm switching it up a bit I was at the store today just getting some stuff and I stumbled upon a new release by haagen and if you saw my Instagram you already know where I'm going with this but haagen has released a new flavor a new kind of line of, of their ice cream and it's their it's their spirits line They've got uh, one that has like rum in it and one that has, I think it was like a stout beer and it was like an Irish uh, like cream or something. And uh, of course, I grabbed the one that had the word bourbon on it. Uh, it's officially the bourbon vanilla bean truffle ice cream. That's, that's the official name of it. And went ahead and grabbed it, of course, right? I see the word bourbon on something. I automatically buy it generally. The packaging says it's less than... 0.5% alcohol in in the product but I gotta tell you it's it was pretty great I uh, I actually had some of that before I started drinking or anything and I could you could taste it you could taste the the bourbon flavor in there so they did a really great job I would highly recommend it it's probably the, the I mean the second best uh, boozy ice cream that I've ever had the first was when I was in Scotland actually earlier in January this year I did a big group tour to Loch Ness, and on the return back from Loch Ness, we stopped for kind of like a bathroom break type thing. It was planned, of course, part of the tour. But we in this little this little Scottish town called, uh, hope I get it right, uh, Pitlochry, I believe is what it's called, Pitlochry, and uh, they have a little ice cream shop. While we were, I had made friends with the tour guide, with the bus driver, 
I think he was my favorite of all the guests that were on the bus, if I'm being honest. And he, he made sure to let me know while we were on a break from the tour to use restrooms and stuff like that. He's like, hey, there's this ice cream shop over here that actually has a, a relationship with the local distillery here in Pitlockery. Uh, the distillery is called Edrador. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right. Uh, but th there's a, a small distillery there, and they actually give them scotch to put into their ice cream. And so in what like 20 degree uh highlands kind of area of scotland and you know i'm a florida boy so i was all bundled up and cold but i went and sell went but nevertheless i went and got myself a uh, ice cream cone of their scotch whiskey ice cream and that was amazing i actually had to get carded for that because it was enough booze in that that uh, you really shouldn't eat it and then drive so that's like number one ranking in my mind of of booze and ice cream together but if you aren't in near the highlands of scotland uh if you're on your way back from loch ness and you just want to go to your local supermarket here in the united states then uh you should check it out uh, check out the haagen spirits lime i haven't tried the other ones yet i want to go back for the stout beer one because that interests me and rum I'm sure it's I'm sure it's good. I want to try it. I mean, we've we've had rum raisin for years, right? That's a thing. So I don't. I'm wondering. I didn't. I didn't even look at the packaging if it's raisin or not. Probably not. That would be too on the nose, I think. But uh, I'll have to go look and, and look at those. I, I stopped at bourbon and like let me just try this. Uh, but that's a uh, you know yeah, it was good, man. Ten out of ten. Uh, I'd like to. Do, you know, normally this is the part of the show where I uh, like like open the cork bottle of of what I'm drinking and pour myself a glass and let you hear all the sound effects and. There's not really a lot of sound effects uh, to listening to me uh, lick a spoon of, of ice cream right out of the right out of the little carton. So uh, we'll, we'll forego all that for for y'all's sakes. But uh, that's what we're eating t tonight on this Thanksgiving episode. So if you're if you try if you have to bring a dessert for your Thanksgiving get together, you should check it out. Definitely recommended. All right, so before we get going on the actual Thanksgiving stuff, I want to take a second and lay a little bit of foundation, a little bit of, of some stuff in case you didn't know. For those that don't know, uh, I passed over, uh, no pun intended, Jewish holidays. I, I, I skipped over talking about uh, a holiday that, that just came by, and it's, it's called Sukkot. Right, our Feast of Tabernacles. It's a biblically commanded holiday with like directions and, and mentions of it found throughout the Old Testament and even references to it being observed in Jesus's time and all that, right? So it's, it's a bigger holiday. It's a week-long celebration or, or festival or whatever. It happens right after Yom Kippur and it's a remembrance of the 40 years that the Israelites were in the desert. You know, they're, they're wandering. And, you know, Passover is remembering the escape. Sukkot is remembering the 40 years wandering. It's kind of how it goes. It's probably one of the most interestingly observed holidays because unlike other holidays like Passover and stuff, you know, like Passover, you read the Haggadah and you eat some matzah or whatever. And then like Yom Kippur is a fast day, all that. Sukkot is so left field as far as how you celebrate it. It's it's the Jewish holiday of camping, uh, to put it lightly. <laughs> to remember the 40 years of wandering that the Israelites did, it's customary during Sukkot 
to build what they call a booth or a, a sukkah. And, you know, it's like a, like usually like three walls, um, and like the fourth spot, the fourth place where the wall would be is like opened up or whatever. So it's just a three kind of wall building usually. You know, small, not not too big. And uh, you know, it's a booth. It's like <laughs> you got a carnival or something maybe. I don't know that type of. Uh, so you can imagine it. And it's opened up, and you put palm fronds or whatever on the top to make a little roof and everything. And you're kind of supposed to like sleep out there in that you know for like a week <laughs> to help remember what the Israelites went through for 40 years. Uh, things have gotten lost a little bit in modern day, and not a lot of people actually actually do that uh, anymore. Some do, and kudos to them. Uh, I think it's boiled down to at least have a meal. Go out there have a meal outdoors in uh, the sukkah and uh, that that you know once a day once a day go have the meal out there and that'll that'll meet the requirement I think it's kind of what it's boiled down to in modern times for most people that are still uh, heavily observant anyway um, so that's that's sukkah um, also in and another interesting like side side bonus thing in Bible times it was customary not to just do this like out in your like front yard or whatever uh it, but it was customary for the men to go to jerusalem to celebrate it there to do their 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 jewish camping trip there and that's why there's a number of people uh, myself included i guess that believe that uh in the new testament when it talks about you know jesus being born and they had to go to because there you know there was the census going on and so uh, joseph and mary had to go to jerusalem to to do all that and there was no room at the inn all that kind of stuff is because the, the town was flooded with everyone coming in because the 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 decision to do the census wasn't just some random thing that they that he was like oh like we should we should count all the people and see how many people are all around you know the kingdom you know as far as it stretches uh, let's make them all come here and do a big census no it was it was Sukkot and they had to go to Jerusalem anyway to do the, the camping thing or whatever, to go celebrate Sukkot. So while they were there, they also did a census, I think is what most people agree uh, is probably what happened. And so then they were there, but it, the, the city was just packed, you know, to, to the brim. And that's when, you know, they had to give birth in a manger because there was no other room for them anywhere else. So that's kind of a little bit of a, a also fun backstory for Sukkot and uh, anyway so now you know that that's a, that's what I didn't really go into it I didn't do an episode about it maybe we will next year I'll, you know we'll see but uh, we just wanted to lay that groundwork and and let you guys know that we that I skipped over a holiday that happened recently all right so let's get back to like Thanksgiving and like I don't even it's hard to even know where to start exactly with the whole Thanksgiving thing so there's a lot of like kind of confusing players you know there's, so there's, there's been a lot of uh, obviously and rightfully so uh, pointing fingers and, and whatever uh, of the really shitty sh stuff that white people did to the Native Americans, uh, smallpox blankets and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes Thanksgiving, you know, gets wrapped up in all of that. And, and I, I don't know, I wasn't there, I'm not sure exactly. But there's a lot of different players and different groups of people that were coming over to quote-unquote New World at that time and so we're gonna do a little bit of history lesson and uh, go into who those were and what their motives were and what I think and how I think it all connects together so 
so we got to make the you know clear distinction so right so there's a couple because there's pilgrims there's puritans uh, protestants plymouth rock that's just the p words right that's just that's just the one letter of the alphabet so we got to juggle all that and figure that out to understand where i'm coming from uh so okay all right going down another rabbit trail uh have you seen the movie mary queen of scots it came out earlier this year 2019 uh, mary mary queen of scots not like a super great movie uh, definitely one that I think flew under the radar and no one gave a shit about too much, unfortunately. Uh, it's got Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth in her hands-down ugliest role ever. Like, like Margot Robbie is so fine, right? She is so hot. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, right? Like Harley Quinn, I, if you like that sort of thing. I'm not super into that version of her. But it's Queen Elizabeth not so much <laughs> like not like definitely like like kind of hard to look at uh she had some uh, some disease things going on with her face uh later on if, if you don't know the story of queen elizabeth all the way through but uh yeah so margot robbie it's got david Tennant, you know the doctor the 10th doctor uh, as the leader of the scottish protestant movement the scottish you know reformation uh, he's a major dick in the movie probably not even probably definitely hands down the number one role i've ever seen david Tennant in and i love david Tennant. ever seen number one role i've ever seen him i genuinely i did not like him i was like wow what an asshole uh so he played the part perfectly i guess for what he was supposed to be doing uh, but so right, so big, some big names for this movie, uh, but you know I don't think anyone's ever really seen it. I happen to it's all apropos, I guess it all it all comes together. When I was in the UK, right, right, um, it was actually after my my Loch Ness trip there with the in Scotland. I was in London and uh, had a had a free night with nothing planned. I was like, hey, let me go let me go see this movie that just came out, and I'm over here, and it seems very you know the perfect thing to do on this Wednesday night or whatever it was. So I saw the movie in a London theater, and uh, you know, really was able to absorb it. in after after touring, you know, UK in general, and and help kind of put things together, and, and being the museums and stuff, and putting it all together. So the the movie had an impact on me just because I was kind of living the scenery there a bit. But there's a there's so much history there. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Just England and Scotland and. Catholicism and Protestants and everything. There was all there was a lot of killing and murdering of people over splitting hairs between Catholicism and Protestants, which I just don't get. Like I don't I don't understand it. Like I realize it's politics actually more than religion and all that kind of bullshit, but like, like even the line between like Judaism and Christians is like seems bigger, right? There's like a whole like half the the book, half the Bible that that one of them doesn't really look at and the other does uh you know believing in jesus uh versus not that type of thing right so that seems like a bigger thing that you could uh have some arguments about right and uh but but catholicism versus protestants like you're you're looking at the same book you're looking at the same half you're you know you're still doing you know the jesus stuff but man, they killed a lot of people. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, dude. You know, obviously it's oversimplifying a lot of the things, but um, pretty wild. And this movie, I think, puts that into perspective a, a, a decent bit from 
from what I know about the subject, uh, some 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 yank, some American dude, uh, trying to put things together from from Wikipedia and articles he's read and, <laughs> and try to figure it all out. But so you've got Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, and then Queen Elizabeth. So Mary, she was Catholic, has a rightful claim to the throne of England, but Elizabeth, who's Protestant, does not want to give up her throne her power she's in control right now doesn't want to acknowledge that mary is in line and, and has access to it so they go back and forth and all this kind of stuff and kind of you know fighting over it and and those and they're you know because they're cousins they're cousins actually they they know each other you know so they're not like just strangers or whatever so they have like a little bit of familiarity and bond but they also there's a power struggle and no spoilers and I don't, I don't I don't know what the statute of limitations of spoilers are of things that happened in the 16th century but end result in in the thing like even like 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 this is like the post credit scene of the movie or whatever uh, Mary Queen of Scots her son is finally made the unifying the first unifying king over the United Kingdom right you know in Scotland he was the king of Scotland. He was known as James the Sixth. He was the sixth James in a row, or whatever I guess, uh, the lineage to be king of Scotland. But then when they unified and he became the king of England, also in Ireland and everything, he was James the First. Right? So they, they rolled back the numbers on him. But that is the guy he commissioned the King James Bible, which you may have heard of. That's him. We're talking about that King James. The daughter, uh, the uh, the uh, the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. So, a lot going on uh, with this dude, and, and at that time frame, and then so now James, King James, despite his mother Mary baptizing him as Catholic, he went on to be a Protestant. He still liked the the formation of the church and its systems to an extent. So now James, uh, despite his mother Mary, right, uh, baptizing him as Catholic as a baby. He grew up to become Protestant, but he still liked the formation of the church and its systems and all that to kind of an extent. And, but then you have these two other groups, and a lot of people get confused by the history of it all, but I'm going to boil it down in, you know, like Puritans and then Pilgrims. The Puritans were a group of people that had risen up in England under Queen Elizabeth, Margot Robbie. Um, it was a rather, rather large group of people with a public voice, like so imagine like catholicism and the and the fans of catholicism uh that's one group like team that and then you've got king james and the official church of england and the puritans who had a lot of ties with the church of england so the puritans were a group of people that had risen up in england under queen elizabeth margot robbie right it was a rather large group of people with a public voice. You know, it, was, it wasn't just like a grassroots underground movement. They they were a union type of thing. They were they were a group. So you got on one side, you got you've got Catholicism and the fans of Catholicism, and then you've got King James and the official Church of England, and then the Puritans who had a lot of ties with the Church of England. Right, they were in that camp basically. But they didn't like all of their ideas and the official rules. Like, for instance, uh, Sunday mornings were supposed to be considered a special time for church services, and Sunday afternoons were specifically reserved for sports. 
uh, not not unlike nowadays, I suppose, actually. 16th century, 17th century, uh, similar in that regards. Uh, Church of the morning, sports afterwards. And the Puritans came out and very vocally, very loudly, uh, you know, again, like that, like a union, came out and like, hey, Sunday is for the Lord, that's for Jesus, and per the fourth commandment of the ten, you shouldn't do any work on the Sabbath day. Uh, very much like the Jewish religion observes the Sabbath, uh, they just, the Puritans and the, the whatever, Protestants and as a whole, whatever, the whole group, choose the Sabbath to mean Sunday instead of Saturday, but whatever. Um, their hearts were kind of in the right place. But they came out and like, hey, we need to stop doing sports shit on the Lord's Day, you know, on Sunday. And they went to King James and fussed about it and complained. So King James like went to studying and thinking about stuff and he came out and he creates a law. Uh, and <laughs> he, he releases the book of sports, not a sports book, which is a very different thing. I'm pretty certain. But that was like uh, what Marty McFly was looking for. Or was, that, or was that just a sports almanac? Anyway, book of sports book. Is that gambling? I don't know. Anyway, but the book of sports, uh, this was in 1617. Uh, it's what it, what it calls it. And it listed out, by his decree, what sports people were permitted to play on Sunday after church that wouldn't, like, cross the line into being, like, too much physical exertion and too much, uh, too much, like, work, right? Like, what, how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we straddle this line uh, as much as we can? And they didn't want anything too rough on Sunday, which I think, what was his, uh, I think the list that was like permittable, permittable, quote unquote, sports things to do on Sunday, on the Lord's Day, you could you could dance <laughs> uh, and and leaping. I don't know if that means pole vaulting or just like jumping in the air uh, gleefully. I don't know, um, but it just says leaping and archery. Weirdly enough, archery was was deemed okay and fit for the Lord's Day and wasn't too. Uh, physically exhausting apparently to to break that commandment so uh, he comes out with this, this whole list of, of things that you can and can't do on Sunday and but what was oh my so the, that's the stuff that's okay the stuff that's not okay and he's really gets a little fucked up was something that they did called bull baiting which I looked into and I assumed at first it meant like bull fighting right there's a bull out there you got a matador red cape or whatever red sheet thing whatever and uh, no, none of that. That's not what I was talking about. Bull baiting was a big sport. It's like like they they take a bull and they would make them make the bull fight other animals. Uh, most specifically, dogs. They would train up dogs, so like dog fighting, but not where it's like one on one dogs. It's one bull versus like a pack of dogs that are trained to take down bulls. Uh, that's like literally like why the English bulldog breed uh, became a breed. That's uh, where it comes from, apparently. So they would train these dogs to fight the bulls, and then they would uh, they would blow pepper into the bull's nose to rile it up and get it all mad and everything, just like a Looney Tunes you know cartoon. And then they let the animals fight, and they would watch it, and that was that was sport, um, which is horrible. Apparently, there's another version of it also. Uh, if they were able to obtain one called bear baiting, which, as you can imagine, it's in the name, same thing, but it's bear versus dogs rather than bull versus dogs. 
and uh, just it's a wild. I mean, it's it's animal cruelty. It's 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 fucked up. I don't understand. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, though, Margot Robbie, <laughs> she uh, was a big fan of this sport, evidently. And uh, when it came under fire, at, when people in the you know 16th century started getting woke a little bit, and like, hey, this is not really cool. This is animal cruelty. She actually came out. She kind of overruled Parliament. I read one thing saying, uh, you know, and she was like, nah, we're not gonna we're not gonna outlaw it. Uh, people come together like we should we should ban this sport. This is not okay. And she's like, no, I really like it. I'm I'm really into it. It's it stays. It's legal. So anyway. Uh, that was Queen Elizabeth for you. So where was I? So, uh, oh yeah, King. So King James, he comes out with this book of sports, saying that, you know you can do archery and dancing and leaping and things, but no like bear fights, uh, that type of thing. Also bowling. Did I mention bowling? Bowling was outlawed on Sundays. I don't know why. Uh, seems like if you can do archery without breaking a sweat, you should be able to do bowling easier. I don't know. I don't know if bowling was harder back then or not. Maybe. Uh, Maybe there was bears involved in that too. I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not a king. Uh, don't. I don't know what was happening. But uh, that's just an example of what King James and the Church of England were putting into place as some of their. I don't say arbitrary, but like, like, hey, we're gonna try to take the rules of the Bible and what it says, and then apply them to modern day, and then make them laws, and everybody has to follow them, and and you know, Church of England shit. So. Um, Force, forcibly making everyone follow their interpretation of what the Bible says. So there's another group, uh, even more severe. So, so the uh, who is that? I talked about the Puritans. So the Puritans came out and were like, "Hey, we don't think we should do these like extraneous sports on Sunday because that's the Lord's day, and we really need to get back to like Bible roots and just do you know like like really try to follow the Bible." There was another group called the Separatists, who later history will call the Pilgrims. And being a Separatist was actually illegal. There wasn't a huge number of them. Uh, they, they, were, they were a little too extreme on their, like, whereas the Puritans, like, had a lot of, kind of, like, some power and the voice and whatever. And they're like, hey, like, we need to, like, do we think we should do it this way or whatever the pilgrims or the separatists were more extreme and like we need to like just scratch everything all the rules that you're making or whatever and let's go like kind of like like let's go follow the bible literally and just do it like that um the puritists thought the yeah the, the puritans believed that they could achieve their goal of of following the bible better by like by, by keeping the system the way that it was and just like being smart and trying to like look at everything a little bit closer and and do a better job the separatists were like nah it's all fucked up we're gonna separate from the church itself and that church was the church of england and politics and things and that's not allowed so you know because there was a lot of other things it wasn't just like the book of sports or whatever but it, it just gotten so big so big there was so much other stuff just like kind of like catholicism there's a lot of Catholic things that they do, like mass and whatever and stuff, that aren't in the Bible. They've added other stuff that, and I'm not, I'm not here to say yay or nay or whatever. That you know, you do, you do you, whatever. I don't care. But uh, it's not a lot of that stuff's not, not literal. You know, confessions and stuff and or confessionals, but whatever they call them, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like a lot of the, a lot of the, the stuff in Catholicism and then and the stuff in the Church of England was like, like extra added on 
traditions and things and the way we do stuff that wasn't actually biblical. The separatists were like, fuck it. We want to go straight, straight biblical. If it's not in the Bible, we ain't doing it. And that's, that's who they were. They were generally, so the separatists, they were generally kind of like lower income and not super well educated usually. Uh, a bunch of them got fed up with the church and everything altogether. And because it was kind of illegal, they left, uh, a lot of them left England and they went to Holland in search of religious freedoms. And I don't know if you know this, but there was a bunch of other people that were hanging out in Holland also looking for religious freedoms about that time, the Jews. <laughs> uh, evidently, uh, Holland or the, the Netherlands or whatever, whatever we're calling it, um, sort of kind of created as a, as a whole place for religious freedoms and like, you know, just come do you. And, and the Jews who were being persecuted around the world at that time uh, kept running up against governments and groups that wanted them to become Catholic or Protestant or whatever, you know, to convert to whatever the, the you know, the religion of the land was, and they didn't want that. So evidently there seemed to be pretty prominent in Holland um, for a, a decent while and until, you know, Hitler and the Nazis came in and like 85% of them all, you know, stopped being there, um, killed or removed or whatever. Uh, that's why there's not a big, I guess, population there that we think of, you know, with Jews in, in the Netherlands isn't a big thing that, that I think of, at least. Uh, but that's because of, you know, Hitler. But uh, but for a while, evidently, stuff I was looking up online said that there was. So here's here's where it comes into play. Here's where my theory comes in to build, build the case. So the separatists, right, didn't have a lot of political connections uh, or investment in the Church of England or in that jazz. Uh, they wanted to simplify things and get back, get back to Bible basics. They wanted to read the Bible and just do what God wants. That's the religious freedoms they were looking for. So they leave England and they go to Holland for that freedom. And in Holland, they meet and live with the Jews that are in Holland, trying to do the same thing. And they're like, hey, um, yeah, we want to know more about the Bible. And let's compare notes because we're here for similar reasons. And they do. And they hang out. And they share knowledge and stuff. And they learn about Jewish beliefs and customs. And this is... Not necessarily 100% true. I'm, 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 uh, well, right. That's that's how I, that's how I'm, that's how I'm imagining it. It's going down, you know, and 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 they're partaking and they're they're sharing of ideas and you know feasts and you know Passover and you know feast of tabernacles and you know Sukkot whatever, um, harvest festival that you know like oh like that's that's the thing where you camp outside for a week in gratitude and remembrance of living in the desert after leaving Egypt and God providing all that thing so. So they're there and they're learning. Then they leave Holland and their Jewish friends that were there, and they get a chance to go to America. A small group still. Only 102 of them came over on that first ship to land at Plymouth Rock in 1620 or whatever. So about half of them even died that first winter over there. Like it's very small numbers of these, the separatists, um, the pilgrims. You know, they... But they still, you know, so they're there, and their their numbers are dwindling. You know, 102 originally, then cut in half uh, by the first winter. But they still they want to worship, you know, God and do their do their best. You know, like they were they were trying, and they had made friends with the the local Indians and whatever Native Americans, sorry, uh, whatever. And then then came that first year's harvest, and they're like, hey, you know what? We're super thankful that we survived. <laughs> the half of us, very very Thanos, very uh. Uh, half of them, half of them passed. Yeah, um, 
but they're, they're very thankful that they're there and they've got steady food to eat and whatever the indians are evidently if my first grade history book was correct you know they taught them how to like put the fish underneath the corn so it would help grow and all that kind of shit so uh they just like hey let's try out that sukkot thing that uh those holland <laughs> those netherland jews are telling us about so they had a feast and uh kind of i think attempted that the week-long feast of of sukkot uh and the indians were there and they just had a big meal and they were hanging out and i then that was the first thanksgiving as they say it and, and there's no record of them actually calling it thanksgiving back then like right that's a term that we've added to it now it was just a feast it was just the harvest has come in let's have a big meal uh some reports say it was for several days there's a few reports that even indicate that it might have been up to a week so it was a big deal you know not it wasn't just one afternoon before you know the football game comes on or whatever type thing it was apparently a pretty big deal i don't think they gave away any like smallpox blankets here if they did it was probably an accident i don't i don't think these guys were those guys that that were doing all that stuff uh, there's only 50 of them right they weren't they were they were just there to try to do their best you know, it was the it was the Puritans. The Puritans were the ones that did all the other bullshit. They're the ones that came over like ten years later, and like here's like the rough timeline. In, in 1607, the Virginia Company brought over I don't know, like a hundred English guys or whatever on behalf of Queen Elizabeth and Margaret Robbie uh, to set up Jamestown. And I know I'm bouncing around a little bit. I was um, some of the stuff that you know there's an inconsistency here, right? The, some of the stuff that I was talking about, like the Book of Sports with King James, happened after this would have happened, I guess. So it's not um, – that was just an example of some of the things that, like the Church of England and everything that was going on, how people didn't like how they were being religiously oppressed or whatever. Um, so don't – I don't know, just disclaimer, I guess. That was just an example of, of a thing that was happening kind of. But no, so Queen Elizabeth, uh, Margaret Robbie, uh, she – she sends over uh, these guys over to Jamestown there to set up Jamestown, but they were there for profit, not religious freedoms, right? Um, that led to Pocahontas and James Smith and all that stuff that was happening. That was Jamestown, Virginia. So that was 1607. That was that was the first like Queen Elizabeth sending people over there to try to make profit off the New World. 1620 was when the separatists, the guys I just got done talking about, the big, you know, the pilgrims, they caught wind of America in a place that they could practice religious freedoms, whatever thing, like came over and evidently were not, you know, they weren't, they weren't fighting with the Indians. They weren't having issues. Uh, that was in Plymouth, later Massachusetts, and that was where the first quote-unquote Thanksgiving, thanks Abraham Lincoln for the name, uh, but the that that's was a different groups right 1607 virginia company there to set up jamestown to make money 1620 the separatists there for religious freedoms and that's where thanksgiving comes from then 10 years later after that i believe it was that the puritans started catching wind of what was happening with america and what the separatists had done and they were even more fed up with the church of england and wanted to come over here and start a new england uh, whatever and so they come over in like 1629 and they start doing the super like colonization of America. Uh, that's that's when things really started happening. And then by the 1700s, they started bringing over African slaves and that horrible bullshit mess. So so the Puritans, I don't know, they were, they they might have had they might have been kind of dicks themselves. 
Um, maybe maybe they were like they were like half religious freedoms, half just money in the new world type thing. But you know, definitely not not saying that white people didn't do some fucked up shit to the Native Americans um, starting in 1607 with the Virginia Company and everything. I get that, right? Uh, yeah. So the but the I think that the the separatists, the Pilgrims, not the Puritans, the Pilgrims that came over and had that first quote-unquote thanksgiving meal they were probably decent guys i think i'm hoping <laughs> and that's uh i think that they were trying to to mimic sukkot this holiday so you know if you, if you compare them to like sukkot and thanksgiving they're both in the fall uh the first thanksgiving was actually probably in october not late november at records would indicate and then and sukkot is traditionally done in september or october uh they're both harvest festivals. Both are to give thanks to God for things. Uh, Sukkot was, is seven day long. It's a week long thing. The first Thanksgiving, like I mentioned, uh, allegedly some reports say it lasted for three days. Some say it lasted for seven days. Uh, you know, you can look at different things out there that indicates, you know, the records and stuff that they had. So I, that's, that's my theory. That's my, my Bible theory of how Thanksgiving was a... Uh, a poor man's uh, Jewish holiday. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my that's my that's my thing. That's what I, that's my thing. So anyway, just throwing that out there. You can take it or leave it. Do what you want. I don't care. Just have fun. Enjoy your family. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Cheers.